Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Welcome to Trailer Rewind, a monthly conversation about movies you may have missed in theaters that are now available to watch at home on streaming services. Every month we dig into the archives and watch a film that was discussed as a trailer pick. We 
watch it and have a very spoilery conversation about it. JJ, today we're breaking into new ground. Okay. This is the first film that we're talking about that was a trailer pick that was picked on a Saturday matinee episode. Ah, okay. That's great. They used to do the trailer picks as just part of their, you know, begin main, main show, show discussion. Sure. And then yep. last year they Pete and Andy made a format change to the main show and they, they removed that from the main show and gave it a home on the Saturday matinee. So this is the first gotcha. one that was a trailer pick discussed on a Saturday matinee. And I want to let our listeners know that for as little as one dollar a month, you can support us on Patreon Patreon as a patron. And that will give you access to those very special Saturday matinee episodes where we talk about trailer picks. We also talk about our lists and can also be part of our Discord group where there's always an engaging conversation about films going on. So that, this one, right. our first Saturday matinee trailer you pick may, is from Pete. You might want to call that section trailer pre-one. Trailer pre <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I'm, I'm joking. But yeah, no, that would... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be something. That's kind of the neat thing about going to Saturday matinee is it's a little bit more uh, unformatted, a little bit more flexible. Oh, it's, they do talk about trailers. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of fun. To it's recorded early in the morning. We're not always awake, so you never know what you're going to get with us on a Saturday matinee. Yeah, this one, this one Yay. was uh, Pete's pick from September 2017. We're talking about Hostels, uh, or as Pete struggled in his description he didn't know if it was hostiles or hostiles and he, say it you know, with a little bit of a new mexico southern accent hostiles yes uh, hostiles, hostiles. Uh, and so today we're recording this on november 12th and hostiles is available on netflix and you can also rent it on amazon prime but why would you do that when you can stream it for free on netflix i almost made that mistake but we found oh. it on netflix <laughs> watched it that way so we're always trying to find how can you get to it without paying additional exactly. money out of pocket so if you've got a subscription to netflix amazon prime or hulu that's usually where we're going to find our trailer picks that we're talking about yep. so a little history about hostiles <laughs> it had its premiere at the 2017 telluride film festival on september 2nd so it had just you know played at that festival when Pete was talking about the trailer on Saturday matinee and it had a limited release sort of, I guess going for that Oscar uh, target with a December 22nd release in three theaters. Okay. And it had a, had a really strong turnout about $7,600 per screen. Wow. And that slowly added more screens over the next few weeks. And then by January 26th, they went wide. So they jumped up to 2,816 screens Unfortunately, audiences weren't really turning out for this movie at that time, and the revenue just steadily declined every week until it finally closed May 10th, 2018. Yeah. And there were no, there it, was nothing in the Oscars about this this movie. No. No. This one got overlooked, forgotten. Uh, it was available on digital streaming services around April 10th and came out on DVD and Blu-ray disc April 24th. And it was just this August, August fifteenth, that it first became available for streaming on Netflix. How long is a run on Netflix? That's actually that, that. See, that sounds long to me, but you might know how long something stays on Netflix a little bit better than I do. I think it depends on the studio and the terms of whatever agreement of how it gets bundled in. I've seen things that, uh, well, for example, Raw that Andy and I just talked about last month. I watched that uh, last year, so it's been there okay. for over a year. Yeah. Um, I think some of these smaller films 
end up there a little bit longer. Uh, some of the, the more mainstream recognizable titles will, will come and go and it can be hard to sometimes track them down, but I would expect this one, you know, hopefully through the holidays at sure. least, uh, sense. to be there, this, uh, this one, but you know, looking at this cast, this is a film that you would think would, would find an audience and perhaps it was released at the wrong time. They, they tried to place it for some Oscar nominations and it, it, it hit theaters but just didn't find the audience and maybe the audience for this isn't you know one that's going to be going out to theaters over the holidays or in january i'm not sure so this one just it's one of those you know hopeful you know long shots that just you know didn't make it and again i think a perfect find for trailer rewind a film that maybe isn't the five-star classic uh but i think definitely you know, worth uh, people discovering and uh, something that has some merit to it, I think, as we'll get into what this film is is trying to say or what, you know, I think Scott Cooper is trying to accomplish with this film and the, and the cast that he pulled together for this. So for, for me, um, this is this is sort of like, again, the sweet spot of Trailer Rewind. This is why I love having these conversations about these movies that I think uh, people will find interesting to talk about. So then let's start with that, because I'm really interested about your opinions about this. So who are you going to write after viewing this? And I don't know if this is your first time or, or, or multiple times. Who are you going to recommend go out and see or go stream Hostiles? hostiles? <laughs> uh, this is just my first time watching this. and Mine too. You know, this is, I guess, for me, I think any guy that, that likes a good Western, that likes, for lack of a, a, a better cliche, sort of a, a man's man's film. Uh, <laughs> okay. It, it, for me, that's what you've got, you know, Christian Bale as just this, you know, grizzled veteran of, you know, the West. So we're, we're set in like the 1890s here. You know, he's he's seen a lot. There's been a lot of, you know, back and forth with the, the tribes and he's just lost a lot of friends. Well, so they so, tell you over and over yes. and over again about how much <laughs> has happened to him. Yes. Make sure you know oh, they're experts sure you know. He's... in seeing bad stuff happen. <laughs> so I think that's, for me, that audience of a, a, a guy's film. You know, who, okay. who who's going to see this? Somebody that's going to say, oh, Christian Bale, he's a he's a tough guy. He's been through the ar he's been in the army. He's seen a lot uh, and he's got a he's got a grudge and we're going to go on a road trip with him and we're going to see him change over the course of this journey. And for me, that's that's the audience. This is not uh, a family picture, uh, <laughs> although our, our opening scene is with a it family. It was a family picture one. until minute six. <laughs> Yes. Um, yes. As you know, the, the opening scene is for me really, uh, well, my wife was sort of watching across the room. Oh, you and, watched and, with your wife. Okay. Well, she, she, she wasn't interested, but still she'll be working on something and just sort of glance <laughs> over and sometimes she'll get pulled in and other times, as in this case, she'll just say, did, did the, they, they shot the baby. Yeah. And I right. Said, and I said, yes, they did. She said, Okay. Yeah, that was about it. Oh, her. she said, "Okay." You know what I said? I said, "Oh no, <laughs> no, no, no! This isn't okay." And I didn't even have to wait for the baby to be shot to say that. Oh, it's the two little girls. Oh, yeah, shot. It was, yeah. It was okay. Dad gets shot. Well, Dad okay. Gets... So we should explain the the setup. The op Go I mean, the it. opening scene is is a home, you know, a, a family out on their little ranch, and 
you know, mom is homeschooling the kids. She's got two girls. It's adorable. You oh, use yes. an adverb in a sentence, darling. <laughs> That's right. And dad sees some some men on horses coming, and clearly they've had a plan. You know, he said, "Oh, these these, you know, got to got to get out the back. Dad's going to go out front because you know they're these guys. They're coming to take our horses." This is what they tell the girls, and dad goes out to confront them, and he's quickly done away with. And I thought, <laughs> oh, it's okay. The girls and the mom and the baby, they'll make it safely over the ridge into into the woods that's and what, be fine. But we would oh think. no, the no no the the two girls get shot down, and they're what like maybe eight, nine, ten years sure. old. Yep, at most, and then an infant the mom's carrying gets shot. So you've got and how Rosamund Pike is is our. Is our first, you know, survivor. That's it. That's our main, our character. We're introduced, so we get her sense of her relationship to the Native American tribes that are in that area. There's a very antagonistic relationship. She's a survivor of a very traumatic event, and then we're followed up with another really unsettling event where we see <laughs> Christian Bale's blocker, who it, to me it's the exact mirror image. You've got a Native American family um, who. They're trying to capture dad uh, with lassos. And the meanwhile, the, the wife and child are just wailing and screaming. And so to me, you've got the exact opposite yeah. of this, of of the white man. And you know, I don't mean to laugh. I, it's it's, it's no. inappropriate for me to laugh. Um, but the word that you said that made me laugh is, and then we come upon another unsettling scene. And the reason why I laugh at that is because you could say that about this movie over and over and over again throughout the entire two hour and 20 minutes of it. And then we come upon another unsettling scene. It could actually probably be the title of this film if we wanted it to be. Um, there, I like that they, you know, that they flipped the, the, the idea of the hostels, right? In that first scene to the second yes. to show us both sides of, of the story. Um, however, uh, the reason why I want to stop you before we go deeper into that is because I we talked about you know whether we're going to see this again. I'm never going to see this movie again, and I'm not going to recommend it to anyone because <laughs> it is un, it is un, and then we come upon another unsettling scene. It is as if they wanted to uh, take the Revenant, which was an Oscar nominated film which I haven't seen because I know of how extreme it is, and try to put a little Dances with Wolves in it, right? That's how I felt okay. about this movie. And so when we think about who we're going to recommend it to, I guess, I think when you say a man's man or that kind of thing, I get where that's going. Because those folks out there who believe in, you know, the, the, the cowboy code and the, the, you know, the realism of the Old West, the kind right. of like yes. – the 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 people who would be the park goers in Westworld, <laughs> these the, these are the people who are going to enjoy this this film. But I it is so intensely uh, tragic around every corner, um, and it it left very little redeeming qualities for me in the way of the story. Um, it I, I never felt connected to any of the characters. They were all just terrible for me most of the time. Um, there, I do see that it went to an arc where they were trying to tell the story of how these people changed over time. However, it was so overlong and so drawn out in 
inexplicable ways from a, a, a filmmaking perspective that I just never bought in. And, and, and what stood with me, and this could have happened to me very early. I mean, you shoot the girls, you're trying to tell me something, right? You're trying to tell me yeah. to buckle up because this is going to be a terrible, terrible ride. But it, it, it's just, it seemed weak from a storytelling perspective. There are ways to do that differently. And maybe they didn't want to. Maybe that's the point. Maybe this isn't a movie made for me because they want to show the stark realism of the Old West, I guess. But, you know, it, it, I, I feel like it, there's an artful way to do it. And they really didn't do many artful things in their te- in their telling of tra- tragedy in this story. I agree with you. I enjoyed okay. the movie more than you did, I Good. believe. But I will agree that it could be more artfully done. This this film reminds me of uh, Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven, what? another movie where you've got That's a, a lot of just movie. And in terms of you have a lot of unlikable characters, you don't oh, have okay. your typical heroes. Okay, in terms of who 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 were given right in this story, yep. um, I guess the only sympathetic character is you know rosamund pike as the the poor victim at the beginning uh you, so you can identify with her but you you don't have any sort of idealistic heroes that you're going on this journey with right um christian bale's blocker is when we first meet him he's capturing these apaches that have escaped from the fort and he brings them back and then he's given this mission and he makes it really clear that he wants nothing to do with this he hates the natives so much so that he considers suicide instead of doing it captain you do know chief yellowhawk you know i know the chief and his family have been prisoners for nearly seven years i'd say that's punishment enough wouldn't you there ain't enough punishment for his kind is that right damn right it's right let me ask you colonel you remember billy dixon probably not Billy was a very good friend of mine. I knew him very well, as I do all the men here. And I watched Yellowhawk take a knife and cut Billy from stem to stern. And then he turned to my good friend, telling him... Yes, well, Captain, you're no angel your own self. You know, he's eat up with the cancer. Mm. Well, the chief has asked for his release, wants to go home to Montana, someplace called Valley of the Bears, you know it? I do. Sacred giant territory. After due deliberation and communication with Washington, I've decided to honor that request, allow him and his people to go. This release, it has become something of a, what you might call a cause, celebre, (laughs) back east. Department of the Army wants to be certain that the chief gets here safely without incident. Why are you telling me this? You speak as good a native dialect as anyone. You know the trails between here and Montana as well as anyone, do you not? I've been over them some. I'm assigning a detail to accompany the chief and his people, and quite frankly, you're the only one I can count on to get the job done right. So, you will lead the party to Montana, see the chief back to his homeland. 
arrange the others back on reservation. And from there, you will cut off east to Fort Mason for your mustering out. Oh, <clears throat> with respect, sir, I'm not leading that cutthroat and his brood of bastards and bitches anywhere. I'm afraid it's an order. I'm afraid I ain't a bandit, sir. You're retiring, are you not? I'm sure you don't want to tarnish your record at this late date with a court-martial. Tell you the truth, I don't give a damn. Well, you do give a damn about your pension, don't you? Let me tell you something, Captain. Aside from losing one's mind, there is very little to do for an old captain besides sit and whittle and whistle and wait for the postman to bring him his pension check. It would just be a damn shame for a man such as yourself who's put in the time to come up short in the end. <laughs> I don't have any idea who that son of a bitch is and what he's done. I know he was considered a very tough adversary in his day, and now he is a dying old man. No, he's a butcher. And the two of you ought to get along just fine. Shut the hell up, you fucking pasty face. You have <laughs> never seen the look of war. You have no idea. No. No idea what it does to a man. I've killed savages. I've killed plenty of them. Because that's my fucking job. And from what I hear, Captain, there was never a man happier in his work. Look. Hmm. I saw what happened to the fourth when Yellowhawk and his dog soldiers got done with them. <laughs> and there wasn't a... Don't you dare laugh. There wasn't enough left of those poor men to fill a slop pail. Understand, when we lay our heads down out here, we're all prisoners. I hate them. I got a war bag of reasons to hate them. Skinny Fiegler, Edwin Tate. Captain, I just don't give a damn how you personally feel about Yellowhawk. I don't. What I care about is this, a direct order signed by President Harrison. So, you've got just over 24 hours to pick and provision your details. Should you decide to disobey this order, you'll consider yourself confined to barracks pending a court-martial. Stop! This will be done. And it will be done by you. Now you're dismissed. Everything is so heavy and so slammed into us with these sort of sledgehammers that it's it, it's kind of difficult to really see what's going on because they spend so long in each scene telling us about it. And then, I mean, everyone has – there's a lot of suicide in this movie too. There's a lot of people yeah. who can't reconcile their demons in this movie. Um, it's just really heavy. I think it – you know, if anything, it should carry just a lot of trigger warnings. Yes, because we've got, uh, there are a lot of sit down, let's sit down and talk things through. And in some ways it's exposition, some ways it's 
character background. We've got a long discussion between Christian Bale and Roy Cochran. So that's Captain Blocker and Master Sergeant Thomas Metz. Yay! Uh, very own, Tommy very Metz. own long-lost ancestor of our very own Tommy Metz. Uh, but, so it's a scene of the, those two sort of talking about where they are in their life. And Metz is... He's got the melancholia. He's he's done. He's, you know, right now we would, you know, in this day and age, we would, you know, diagnose him most likely PTSD right. of just all the things that he's seen and done. And we find out later on the first time he killed the man, he was, what did he say, 14 years old. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the, the brutality. And then, you know, Blocker has just, he's lost so many friends and that, that comes up time and time again. These are two guys that are, they're burnt out. They're done. And it is a lengthy conversation they have. And then we get... Um, Blocker being summoned in to uh, be given his orders. And there's a lot of talking there as well. It's a very long scene where he is making clear his point of why he's going to refuse to do this. And we get some back and forth between him and the colonel and a man from the magazine uh, that gives us a lot of the setup of the different perspectives on what uh, the, I guess the treatment of, you know, the Native Americans and how different parties feel about that. Uh, it's it's a lot of setup to give us the sense that we know who Blocker is. He's a grizzled veteran who has no reason to want to have anything to do with Chief Yellowhawk because Yellowhawk is, you know, specifically responsible for the death of many of Blocker's friends. So we, we're getting a lot of exposition and setup. For me... I enjoyed it. This is one where it's a Western. I didn't, I enjoyed these characters, these actors, Stephen Lang as, you know, Colonel Biggs. To me, it worked. It's not one that I'm going to come back and watch over and over again. Uh, but for me, I enjoyed seeing all the pieces set up. It, it gave me a sense of where this film was going to go. If we're setting up Blocker to be this type of person and we're going to go on a journey, I know I've got a road trip and what happens on a journey is we become somebody else at the end of the journey. And my interest was in seeing where we go with Christian Bale. What, what happens to Blocker by, by the end of this? Has he changed? How has he changed? And why has he changed? And so know, for me, is it, is it based on a true story? No, I do not believe it's based on a true story. I believe it's based on, um, Scott a Cooper's book mind. That, uh, no, no, Scott Cooper was working from a, uh, IMDb lists uh, other writer as Donald E. Stewart based on the manuscript by. So oh, that may be an unpublished okay. book or a book. And and Donald Stewart is a familiar name. Uh, you, you may know some of the other things he's written, such as Missing, Hunt for Red October. Oh, wow. Clear and Present Danger. So he, Those you know, I don't know. I don't know how much Cooper modified and changed and updated. So the reason Stewart's I ask is manuscript? because have yeah. you seen the updated 310 to Yuma with Christian Bale and Ben Foster mm-hmm. yes. and Russell Crowe? So that's a fictional yes. story too. And it's a Western. And yet yeah. it is, yeah. it's not, it's not terribly predictable. It's, there's a lot that mm-hmm. changes in it. You see the character arc that they go through and it's, it's a very strong film. Again, this is a film that was nominated for a lot of awards during season. I think the reason this film yes. fell off is that the story is actually pretty thin. Um, everything that we're talking about, about this arc that they're going through is 
is somewhat predictable. Yeah, you can kind of expect that there's going to be this kind of reconciliation over the course of the story. And there doesn't seem to be actual reasons why people ever do the things that they do in this. And that could be explained away by the the difficult life that they're having to lead, the 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 terror of being faced with death around every corner from from one side from, you know, savage people who uh, even the yellow hawk describes as wrong in the mind, rattlesnakes that are wrong in the mind, you know. Yes. And then on the other side from just terribly corrupt landowners or terribly corrupt fur traders. I mean they, it's it's a series of malevolent crises that end up just ruining all these characters. And that's kind of how it's set up the whole way. And we do get some reconciliation over time, but there doesn't seem to be purposeful reconciliation. It doesn't seem that the crises are what are changing the characters. It seems as though the characters are giving up the ghost on what they've had just because they're faced with so much tragedy. And I guess I, I I think there is value to that story. I don't find it valuable. And I don't think it was well executed either. Because you could I mean, I want to fire the editor on this movie. There was so much time. I mean, when a movie is really good and they're doing this, we say it has a lot of space, right? There's they're giving you room to breathe or room to feel, but there's just so much there's not a lot of feeling in this movie other than disgust or terror or you know just uh, there's just so much negativity over the course of the two hours and 20 minutes that i didn't find a place for me to step up and say yes this is a good movie i will meet you halfway on that okay i, I will agree there is not a lot of emotion in this movie for me the, the most emotion i get is is near the end after we've we've come a long way and sure i can see a lot of the sort of structure when we get to the point where ben foster's character gets introduced who is about it's we're about halfway along the journey uh we've we've come through some bad times we've spent a lot these characters have spent a lot of time together through traumatic events so as we're on this journey to take yellow hawk to from new mexico to montana to his final resting place they're they're ambushed um and it's something where you know yellow hawk is telling him you know take me out of these chains we can help yeah and it's this whole idea of we need to join forces against a common enemy <sighs> They they endure that they survive that and I I can see that you know we're setting up this sort of sympathy between both of them of they need each other to survive this. By the time we get to Ben Foster as the prisoner that they're asked to take along on their journey to drop off, uh, because he's been court-martialed and because he's just a cruel butcher of of the of the Indians. Right. So, we, you right. know, he's somebody who idolizes Blocker. And by the time we get to that, I see, ah, the whole function of this character is a foil for Blocker, who we need somebody that now has to be worse than him uh, so that we can see how far Blocker's come. And that's really the only reason I see for that character is to counterpoint, to say, oh, Blocker now has come a little ways and doesn't really loathe yellow hawk and can't stand to be in his presence as he was you know stating at the beginning now he can at least oh right i can talk with this man we 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 have some agreement let's bring in a character who's going to be basically in the same place blocker was at the beginning to show show us the audience that blocker's moved from his position yeah so i that's all that served for me uh, yeah. i will agree it's there's I can see a lot of the works behind it. By the time we get to the end, um, I I can start to feel some some emotion for Blocker because I have a sense that he has changed in his position. I'm not emotionally invested in 
any of the characters really it's it's really challenging when yes as you say bad thing after bad thing happens to them there are some powerful moments when they come across the the burned out house where the family yeah was living and they and they find uh rosalie there and you know clearly she's you know suffering from she's in shock having lost all of her family and they get her back to camp and she sees the group of yellowhawk and his family and her reaction at that point is just sheer terror because yeah. she has lost her of family. Of course. And maybe me, the only that, time she's ever seen Native Americans before that. Yes. Are these crazed people yes, who then, slaughtered her family. So, of course, she reacts as, as forceful and as terrified as she does. And that scene there, when, you know, when she buries her family, for me, that, that works really well. I'm getting a sense of who she is and, and the trauma that she's gone through. Okay. But I, so, I, can I ask I you a agree. question about that? Because, again, sure. I don't want to yeah. pick on it. But she wants to she wants to bury them herself, and then yes. it shows her not being able to, and then everybody else yes. like why do that? What's the purpose of that? What's the purpose of going through that exercise in the story? I guess for me, it's about her realization that she's not alone in her grief, and that she's going to have to depend on the kindness of strangers. Because it's the only she is out there in the middle of nowhere, and she's not going to be able to make it on her own, and she needs to depend on them. Yeah, uh, to, to to make it through. It's a fair point. I just think I think that's like evident. I think those things are you know. Yeah, and and, and sure, it felt sure. sort of like. I and I again I don't want to pick on it because again I think the actors actually did a great job of conveying their emotion yeah. through these scenes, but it feels like melodrama when you could probably eliminate that after we've seen the kids slaughtered, and then we see as we come on the burned out house she has the emotional moment where she's still treating the daughters as if they're alive like shh don't don't wake the children and stuff I mean there's it, it, it's just so hammering home this thing of you're you're on your own and you need to reconcile this grief. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it was too much for me um, because I felt that from her immediately. I felt that terrible, you know, everything that she had to deal with the yeah. moment her first daughter gets shot in the back, which again, I say is in like minute six. So yes. it's really, it's really difficult. Well, I would, I'm going to say that I think this film is really an intellectual journey okay. and not an emotional journey because for me, what I take from this, and because, because by the time we get to the end, um, through all the little episodes of of terror and horrific things that happen and, and losing, you know, they make it to a town, they pick up the party that, you know, with Ben Foster, they're going to deliver him. So they've got extra troops and they lose everybody along the way to a variety there's of a, different. There's a bunch of red issues. shirts in, in Star Trek yeah. talk. <laughs> every time, there, every time they stop of... somewhere, they gather a couple red shirts to go with them on the, on the journey forward. Who's that guy? Oh, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. He's gonna die. It doesn't matter. He'll be dead in a couple of scenes. Yes. Uh, so by the time we get to the end where they make it to Montana, they make it, you know, to the, the final resting place um, where we have now come through everything together. Um, they've they've connected and bonded. And for me, this is where the it gets a little bit emotional, which is blockers going to, you know, we've, we've got to we've got a final resting place here and we're going to bring this man who has now passed, passed away right as he got to his, you know, his homeland um, and to bury him there and have ranchers show up and say, Hey, this is my land. And for me, yeah. that was where I started to get emotional, which is I've come all this way. I connected with somebody who was my enemy, my nemesis. I've seen the humanity in him and he's seen it in me. 
And I, I won't say they became friends, but I think there was some respect there. Sure. And Definitely. he's trying to do the right thing and, and honor honor him and being told, you know, you, you get out of here. This is my land. And for me, that became an emotional moment where I could sympathize with Blocker of he's lost everybody. You know, as we learned, you know, previously, before even starting this, he lost a lot of friends. He lost a lot of people here. Um, let him do this one last thing. And these ranchers, you know, show up and he even, you know, pulls out the presidential decree and the rancher says, you know, no, nobody, not even the president can tell me what to do on my property. Name Cyrus Lound. These are my boys. This here is my land and I want you to hell off it. I've seen you trepsing through my fields with that sorry red, and I don't like it one bit. Mr. Lown, this land here is his rightful burial place. <laughs> Where we come from, natives ain't got no rights. President's orders. There ain't no writing on no paper, president or not, can tell me what I can and can't do on my property. Hey, I ain't telling you one more time. Get your shit. You dead Cheyenne and get the hell out of here. This is my land. Now, goddammit! just ain't hearing me. You just ain't hearing me. We ain't telling you one more time. That savage stays here. You better make room for several more right next to him. Well, he ain't moving. Something tells me you ain't got the nerve to fire that woman.
intellectually, this was an exercise of two people that dislike each other immensely spending time, I guess, getting to know the humanity in each other. And for me, that's really what this is a story about of it's easy to hate a group of people that you don't know, but if you can find time to come down and meet as people one-on-one with each other, you know, to see Yellowhawk's family and see their family together um, and interact with them and see that they, they can be a help to you in a time of need. Somebody that, that you despise can, you know, be a benefit to you. And for me, that's really what this is, is we need to learn how to interact with each other as people first and not just broad generalizations of I'm this group, you're that group. We should hate each other for all of these reasons. And here they even made it more personal by saying, you know, Yellowhawk personally killed several of Blocker's right. friends. So, And he can get past and, that. And in that regard, I would have preferred from a storytelling aspect of it for us to be able as audience members to take the turn with Blocker on it. Because we yes. only ever see Yellowhawk as a... Uh, a, a, a a kind person, right? So yes, we yes. start off with the stories of what he's done, but we don't witness them. And so we don't act. And, and Christian Bale, while he simmers in his role here as an angry, you know, and goes through a lot of really dark emotions through this, it's really tough to take the journey with him as a character because he just is so broken up and angry throughout the entire film. So we don't actually go on that ride with him. It would have been nice for us to see or to participate emotionally in the negativity that he experienced in some way so that then we could be in the negative place with him and then come out of it with him too, which we never actually do, except for a great speech that's told in subtitle. Uh, you know, and there, I, I'm not a fan of many of the speeches in this film, but that particular speech I thought was wonderful when they actually are saying their, their goodbyes in Montana. We're here. I got you to your homeland. You know, when you, he, Christian Bale Blocker says to him, when you die, you take a piece of me with you. I thought that was really yes. powerful. And that was great. Now, mm-hmm. how much more powerful would it have been if from a script perspective, we participated in that arc with both of them and saw them both go yes. from savages, from hostiles, right? That's the idea here, that we, go, we see them go from hostiles to, again, not friends, but people who respect each other. That's the goal of this story, and it just it doesn't take you on that ride. You're just, in, you're just hostile the whole time. There's no way to understand the arc that they're going through because you're just a witness to the tragedy. Uh, that's, I guess that's where it left me. But I understand the arc. I just I couldn't buy into it because I wasn't participating, unfortunately. No, I, I agree with you on that. It, you are not personally taken on this. There's, there's a lot more telling than showing. And those first two scenes that we talked about, I think, are the attempt to show, however, in a depersonalized way, uh, the nature of the relationships between these two groups. When you have you know, the family being attacked, we can understand why, from that perspective, Oh, the Native American they're 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 savages and they come in and they just they slaughter families and they're they're horrible. Uh okay, so we've got that. And then we can see from the other side of here's a family of Apaches that have escaped and now look at the way they're being just herded back and you know, last like treated like animals and dragged. Uh so yes, you can understand that they're being dehumanized by the white man, and so we can see the nature, the dynamics. But again, there's nothing personal. I would, I agree. I, I don't, I'm being told why Blocker feels this way. I'm not shown that. I'm not 
I haven't taken that journey with him so that I have that. I'm not in the same emotional place, as you say. And then by the time I get to the end, I agree. I'm told he takes this turn. And I've seen all the things that show me along the way why he should be doing this, but I don't feel that emotional turn with him. There's there's no. a lot of it's it's a cold film. Um, yes, other than right. Well, and there's and I talked about space, yeah. and I was very negative about the editor. So I actually went and looked it up because that coldness and that thing. Now this editor, his name is Tom Cross, and I'm going to forgive him for a lot in this conversation. Number one, not so much because the last film that he did that we know of is he did First Man, oh, which was a film board film, and I think another cold the, film. That feeling of coldness and space is very, very evident in cold in First Man, and I didn't like it there either. But I will say two others that he's known for are La La Land and Whiplash. Oh wow. Which are, <laughs> I, I mean, Whiplash is like one of my yeah. favorite films the last decade. So, um, so I was unnecessarily cruel to Tom Cross. But what they're going for here, I just don't get. And it didn't hit with me because that cold again, that cold struck me. And I think we need to get more emotional with this. I think we need to feel the emotion for me to enjoy this movie. At least that that's what I needed. No, I, I agree. When you look, we, we've talked briefly about the cast, but there's a lot of familiar faces in here that, that are... We lose very quickly. So we've got Rosamund Pike at the right. beginning as, as Rosalie Quaid. And then we've got, you know, Christian Bale and Rory Cochran. Uh, we have Stephen Lang, as I said, this is as the colonel. But then once we get the the band together, right, he's, he's got his crew. We've got Jesse Plemons. We've got Timothy Chalamet as a, as a Desjardins. And I thought, oh, he's Desjardins. And I thought, oh, what a great little opportunity. And he's barely in this before he's, you know, spoiler, he's he's killed off. But, but even the loss of this young, ambitious, you know, Desjardins, I, I, I don't no feel yes I don't it. feel that because it's again they're, they're as yes. you said they're they're red shirts and then we we pick up right. you know a, a few more along the way uh, you know we pick up Ben Foster and and Paul Anderson as Tommy Thomas who I you right. know again it's another face that that's gonna get you know shot um, but there's there's a lot of faces that I saw and yeah, I I, I about Paul Anderson yeah. I particularly was going who's that guy who, when, did when did he get he, there yes when did he start coming with us yes I. I yes. want to be and, connected. And he was also in The Revenant. Yeah. Oh, so yes. this is his favorite kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, there's so many faces and people you want to connect with, but you you don't. There are a brief journey. We get a little bit of background about them, but it's really about, you know, Blocker's transformation. And unfortunately, as you say, we, we aren't emotionally invested in it. Um, yeah, or think about like Tombstone. And Tombstone, yeah. I mean, to even compare these movies, it's not fair because Tombstone is not raw like this yeah. movie's raw. But but Wyatt Earp, Kurt Russell's Wyatt Earp goes through this similar kind of transformation. He wants to give it up, right? Yeah, yeah. And he does it in a much more. I, I mean, it's that's. I mean, that's even like kind of like comparing pop music to something that's much more raw and forceful. But I, I just it, that those movies do it more for me. They give me a story. They give me something to hitch hitch my. Uh, it, just everything on so see i i still like this more than you and i don't know if it's just i have a fondness for this genre and i'm willing to forgive it a lot of this uh because again for me i enjoy an intellectual journey um and i guess i i I can predict that if it was more emotional i would feel that it would be like a melodramatic it's it's manipulating me and pulling my heartstrings in a way because it's leveraging all these things like look at all the bad things america you know white americans did in the past, 
look at feel guilty about these things and play it that way. And I credit it for not doing that. Um, again, I think it could have been better executed, but I, despite all these issues that I'm citing, I still really enjoyed this. And maybe it's just Christian Bale. Um, maybe it's because I like the, you know, sort of prototypical broken gruntle, disgruntled, grizzled war veteran going on a, a journey and finding some perhaps redemption uh, along the way, because it, by the time we get to the end, there's three people left. It's, it's him. It's uh, what little bear is it? Uh, the, the, like the grandson yep. of uh, Yellowhawk. And we've got miraculously Rosalie Quaid has managed to survive all of this. <laughs> so the, I, I, it, Roseman Pike brought so much to this. So I have to say when it's that final yeah. showdown and those ranchers show up and she pulls out that rifle and that, and That's he, my favorite line and he tells her like, when he says, yeah, you're, you're not going to, you know, he says, yeah, I know you're not going to shoot me. I don't think you're going to have the yeah, nerve. I don't, think having, I don't think that woman's going to have nerve. the nerve. And, <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, you don't know what she's been through. Buddy. Exactly. Um, yeah. So for, for me, I, it's still not emotional. Her journey to the point of losing her family to then at the end, basically ad adopting little bear. Um, I mean, it's these three right. survivors that have gone through the worst and um, come out, you know, changed by the end. And as I said, it's, it's not a five star for me. This is probably a three star but, um, movie. But Steve, that last shot of the film, you've got blocker. He gets on the train yeah. and the train is slowly going away from yeah. you. Like literally count the seconds, first of all. And then second of all, as it goes away, the director has background crossing in front of the camera as the train is going away. Like what's the purpose of the background crossing? I mean, it, it, you don't need real. This is an emotional moment yeah. of the movie. You don't need realism here. This isn't. <laughs> this is your last shot, guy. <sighs> Wow, you really dislike this. It's so clearly a written and directed by yeah. movie. It, I mean, anyway. <laughs> okay. But well, have you seen? He was in love with it. I don't, I don't want to keep picking no, on it. it. It's just stuff like that just drives me crazy. So have you like, seen any? Give me a second to care about Christian Bale as he goes away. Have you seen any of Scott Cooper's other films? Because I, I haven't. No. What else has he done? I, so I haven't seen any of. Um, so his other. So he did the, the one that most people will probably recognize is the one he did with Jeff Bridges, Crazy Heart. Okay. Oh, but people like that movie. Right. I haven't seen I, it, but people yes, really like that one. Exactly. So that there was that one. He also worked with uh, Christian Bale in Out of the Furnace, uh, 2013, okay, and then uh, most recently Johnny Depp Black Mass, which I know had very mixed uh, reviews on that one. Yeah, so that's not one for me. Um, it, Scott and I just don't like the same kind of movies. That's all. He's probably a great person. Yeah, it, it, uh, he just yeah. may not tell the kind of stories you want. Um, his his newest film, uh, this one, right right here in your backyard, a small town Oregon teacher and her brother, the local sheriff, become become entwined with a young student harboring a dangerous secret with frightening consequences. Oh, the frightening consequences! <laughs> now I don't want to see that one either. Based on a short story Gosh. called "The Quiet Boy" by Nick Ant <laughs> Antosca. So that's a okay. family horror thriller. Yes, that's probably not anything you're going to see. See, yeah. see, and I was—I yeah. thought I was going to bring you a nice <laughs> character piece, and that we'd. 
But I I forgot I forgot how brutal, brutal that it was, and I I guess it was compared to Raw. I thought, oh, this isn't that bad. There's only you know everybody dying in this one. <laughs> well, wait. Compared to Raw, you, you see, I didn't see Raw, which I'm very thankful for. But how do you feel about? I mean, are these in the same sort of intensity vein, or is there a difference there? Oh, Raw is an entirely different type of intensity. Um, okay. Yeah. Good. No, this one is. I mean, that's that's more intense body horror type of just ugh, really, yeah, yeah unsettling. Um, but this one, yeah, there's there's a lot. A lot going on in this one, but for me, I don't. There's something I, I guess maybe, just as I was growing up, there were a lot. My dad liked some westerns that I remember seeing, like Dustin Hoffman and Little Big Man, like on network TV when I was like maybe nine or ten years old, and you know, then later on, you know, Dances with Wolves, Unforgiven, Open Range. Um, You know, I'm not a John. Wayne, See, I'm more of a yeah, Young Guns um, tombstone <laughs> okay. kind of guy when you talk about <laughs> westerns. Okay. Right? And I mean, I think those are good movies. They uh, Young Guns doesn't hold right. up in the way that right. Tombstone does. I, like for sure. But but in general, I mean, I I I know my lane. Let's okay. just say it that way. Stay I, I respect lane. Unforgiven yeah, okay. for sure. I think it's a great movie. But yeah. This one was too much. But hey, I actually think The Hateful Eight is a great movie. Oh. Did you see yes, The Hateful I saw Eight? That in the theater. I mean, that's technically kind of a, a Tarantino right. Western, and that is gro- gruesome and hor- horrible, yes. horrifying yeah. in, a, in a real. But I think it's a very wonderful movie. It's a really interesting art piece in that sort of gruesome horror. So, that I, I mean, that's the thing about this. It was just too uh, too negative for me. Okay. I couldn't get I couldn't dig myself out. I okay. couldn't. No, you I, know, and you heard me laughing yeah. at the beginning. I probably shouldn't have been laughing at that stuff, but it was just the kind of stuff that, in a very Game of Thrones way, I couldn't, I couldn't bear to deal with the the negativity of what was going oh, on. Oh, sure, in this movie. yeah, no, it's yeah, it's a it's a dark journey that these characters go on, and it's it's not the most uplifting ending. And again, I think maybe to your benefit, it it was not as emotional. You didn't get in as emotionally invested because I could imagine this one really messing you up quite a bit uh, if you became too yep. emotionally connected with any of these characters and then then go on this journey with them. Uh, that emotional distance we have perhaps makes it easier to to get through this. Totally fair. I dissociated myself right yes, out of this exactly. one. Exactly. <laughs> I needed more free fire <laughs> and less uh, less revenant on this. Okay, one. so I I end up. This is a, you know, I was probably more optimistic in my ranking this one. Cool. Uh, before you started, just reminding me of all these issues, which I, again, <laughs> I, I'm going to take the. I wasn't no, trying no, to change I, your mind. I, I, I know you were. I'm going to take the Andy Nelson route and say I have some quibbles with this movie, but I'm still going to enjoy it. Very good. Uh, so it ranks really high on my list. Uh, top half. Oh yes. Oh it's yes. It's, oh wow. It's, it's top half. I'm sorry that I'm so negative. Then I probably haven't given you a <laughs> no a that's, equal time that, on, it, it, on your positives. No, about. Th- I admit there's flaws, and this is one of those. I'm going to like it despite those flaws, and I can't tell you why. It just is one of these. Okay. Um. It it connects with me in a, a I don't know a, a soulful way where it's just I love again the in, intellectual thoughts of what this is trying to say despite the lack of emotion. It ends up so very interesting spot. Right above the Congress, right oh, right below okay. Black Klansman, which puts it at number thirty-two on my list of three hundred and forty-six. Wow, it puts it, yeah, right there, like in the top ten percent. So, 
What do you do for stars on it? So for star, that, see, flick chart tells me I should give this like five stars, but I, I'm, I know no, that's why I'm like I, 32. I wow. do that. But when I think of stars, see for me, flick chart is my own personal list. So I can put this really high. When I think of stars, I'm thinking, what am I communicating to everybody else? And that's why I would say this is a three star movie because I know it's not for everybody. Okay. And I know it's, yeah. I'm not going to say it's this great film and people are going to be disappointed. Like, no, what are you talking about? I'm going to say, no, it's solid three star. I enjoyed it. I may watch it again down the road. It's not one that I'm going to frequently, you know, come back to. It's not a classic that I have some strong, you know, connection and resonance with. It's an intriguing intellectual sort of process for me viewing this movie. Well, and technically the movie, they, they, there was a lot of beautiful Oscar style Vista type shots yes. in it. You know, you're going to see a lot of beautiful stuff from the West. So if you are sentimental about Westerns, that aspect of this film is is yeah. pretty great. There, there there aren't a lot of arguments that we can make about camera. There are some questionable uh, pushes and pulls. The zoom was kind of <laughs> weird to me. But regardless, I mean, that's just me being camera, you know, picky. Oh, yeah. For me, it was super low. And you can guess that, by the way, that I've been talking here. I, I have 188 movies on my total list, and it actually was only 185. It was way down okay. that low for me. But again, I, I've confessed at this yeah. that this movie took took me out of it initially in the sixth minute when they killed off the girls. It was a, it felt like a cheap script uh device to make me feel terrible. And I never recovered from that. So at one eighty five it's just below Jason Bourne okay. and just above the Monuments Men, which I think you actually like more <laughs> I, than most of the people in this I, world. I do. Or, well, I do. In the the next real yes. universe. Right. So and similarly, in a star ranking way, it tells me that I should give it zero stars. I'm not comfortable doing that. Um, I give it one. Okay. Um, but again, I and I don't blame you for your three. Uh, you know, I understand. But for me, I, I can't tell anyone to see this movie. I don't think that there is any redeeming qualities of this movie. It, I think it is telling the story that you're saying, right? And with that initial quote where they talk about how the American spirit has always been terrible and it's never yet melted it's a quote by dh lawrence here it starts off by telling you this is what we're going to do and then it does it but i just don't i i can't think of a reason why i'd want anyone to go through what i did there so i'm giving it one star and for me it's 185 out of 188 well we we ended in disagreement on this one and that's not common yeah. but i i i think we agree to disagree and i think we both agree it's a sure. flawed film and i find a little bit more to uh to enjoy it about it, but I, I, again, maybe this will get more people to watch it because maybe people will want to like combat me on this. I think most yeah. people have a little bit more uh, ability to handle sure. the sort of intense yeah. drama than I do. But I think, yeah, I'd really like to hear people's opinion on it. If people give, if people do watch this, I'd like to for them to drop us some comments in our Discord channel or on any of our places uh, so that we can talk more about it because I think it's an interesting movie. I I just don't think I can't think of any reason to go see it. <laughs> Okay. Well, if I will agree, I I would pick three the new three ten to Yuma over this because I think that yes, oh yes, that's so I, good. I think such it, a good the same type of western road trip thing. But yes, I think that you know definitely, and you get more Ben Foster, which is always a <laughs> yes. Good thing. So if if you if you if you like three ten to Yuma and you're interested in something else, I'm not saying it's on par with that. I'm saying it's a similar type of film. Yes, for me, I would say. You may be interested in watching this on Netflix. Let me know what you think. I'm not going to promise that you're going to love it as much as 310 to Yuma, but if you like a a Western, if you like Christian Bale, if you like a darker journey, check it out. Let us know what you think.
there right that there, there's a recommendation with <laughs> there, a lot of qualifiers period uh, yes Her. okay so next month uh we're gonna take a little break because uh, because we usually yeah Happy holidays exactly. there's so much going on the other thing is there's so many movies coming out there's so many great things to see you don't need to spend time with us. You need to spend time with your family going out and checking out all these great movies. They're going to be hitting theaters. There's it's it, get out to it's the already, big screen. It's already started. Uh, I, I still haven't gotten out to see Bohemian Rhapsody. That's one that <gasps> so good. That's what I saw this last weekend. Yes. Okay. It's totally I, worth I know. it. It's yes. A great. Movie. Uh, have, now, have you seen a star is born? I haven't. I wanted to see that see? one too. I wish we would have done oh, that. There's, there's so many out there. Um, next, uh, this coming Saturday, Andy and I are going to do a very special discussion about Suspiria 2018 <laughs> and 1977, all of that. So we've got that as a little bonus episode. But JJ and I, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back in 2019 in January. Wow. With, uh, we'll have to look through the uh, picks and see what we find is a nice uplifting way to start off the year we, thank you we will, we thank will you find a way to do i, I need some of that find something new year new, new year feelings. new feelings we started off good I, it just took a darker turn that's what happens in you know the fall things just the, the trees die yeah. and things go to a dark place and i, the I leaves I change yes exactly <laughs> well for everyone listening out there if you haven't already please head over to itunes and give us a rating and a review it helps other film fans discover us and if you choose to support us on a on Patreon, you're joining a great community of film fans, including some that are really into film as art, and they may appreciate the intellectual journey of Hostiles. And there are some that just really enjoy entertaining movies, and will say, it's a one-star piece of garbage. Don't waste your time on it. <laughs> but either way, we would love to have you join our community. It's like finding a group of friends that you didn't know you had. I'm going to thank Pete Wright for taking time out of his busy schedule. And it's getting busier and busier because there's more and more projects that he's working on. He takes time out Great of his stuff. day to edit this into a coherent conversation and fix our mumbles and also precisely placing the audio clips we give him. Thank you, Pete. You are a gentleman, a scholar, and a fine editor. Well, JJ, you have some happy holidays. Enjoy the films. We'll talk to you in 2019. Oh, wait. No, I will talk to you on a film board, I believe. We've got we've got those That's coming right. up. Thanksgiving weekend. Got something new coming. Yes, it It'll will. be great. All right. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, 
or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Today. 